Hi, welcome. I'm Dr. Yishan, a board-certified sleep expert. Do you want to lose weight? Are you still trying to eat healthy or exercise a lot? You are missing a key point. Our guest, Emily Spicer, a health coach, will help us adding that missing link, and she will share with us what kind of important role sleep actually plays in the process of weight loss. Stay tuned. We will be right back. This year, I have tried quite a lot of different sleep products. I shared my personal trying experience in some previous episode, and I've got coupon from several of the products. If you are searching something to help you sleep better, like a sleep earphone or a good pillow, you can find my recommendations on my website at deepintosleep.co/resources. Now let's welcome Emily. Hi, Emily. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hello. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So you are an exercise physiologist and a personal trainer. There's a lot of titles. So it sounds like a lot of wonderful stuff you are doing. How about you introduce yourself to our audience first? Yeah. Well, my name is Emily Spicer, and I'm a I'm a health and wellness coach. And so I basically teach busy people how to reach their health and health and wellness goals without having to sacrifice their lifestyle. I always say the goal with anybody I work with is that by the time they're done with me, they just know how to live the rest of their life. And sustainability is big with me. The changes that we do make, we have to make sure that they can live with them for the rest of their life, so that you know they can maintain the results that they had to live live that healthy life that they want to live. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome because I can imagine uh, myself. I think is a busy person. You possibly are too, and uh, so as many of our audience. Yeah. Um. So, what are some you know basic stuff where people normally start? First, they need to have motivation, right? Do busy people realize they are sacrificing their health sometimes? I think it's really interesting. Is a lot of people don't think they have time to, um cook, you know, nutritious foods or that, that, that it needs to take a lot of time, which it doesn't, or that they don't have time to exercise. So why even do anything or, you know, prioritizing sleep, it's um, lack of sleep. Cause I know that's a big thing that you talk about. Um, the, it, it, it blows my mind how a lot of people almost see like lack of sleep as a badge of honor. Like, Oh, I'm running on five hours of sleep and, you know, I'm running my kids here and there. And really it's, it's doing your body such a disservice. And what people don't realize is when we look at, so when I work with clients, I look at their nutrition, I look at their fitness, and I even like to just call it movement because I always laugh. I'm the personal trainer who hasn't had a gym membership in how many years, you know, you don't have to um, go to a gym to be um, in shape or to, to exercise or to move your body. But I look at the nutrition, I look at the fitness, I look at the sleep, and then we look at stress. And none of this needs to be extreme, just little tweaks. And, and I work with people and I look at their lifestyle and I look at how they eat, how they sleep, what their family dynamic is, their work dynamic. Let's tweak a few things here and there. Let me tell you what to pick up at the grocery store. Heck, even if sometimes you need to run through the drive through let me teach you how to do that and still reach your goals. Because when people think that, oh, I'm, I have to go through the drive through I have to just run and pick up something quick to eat. They think it has to be this, you know, screw it. I, I you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll start on Monday or this isn't for me or it's too hard when 
no, you, you can make good choices no matter where you are. And like the sleep thing, you know, let's get you into a good sleep habit. And what a lot of people don't realize is if they like weight loss is a common thing people come to me for. What they don't realize is their sleep habits pay, play a big role in their weight loss journey, just like their nutrition and their fitness and their stress. And it's like simply just sleeping more or getting your sleep in check and not even touching your nutrition or your fit. That, that'll have a big impact as well. That's so interesting because I can totally, you know, it's my day-to-day life and I see this a lot in my clinic too. Like people are so busy with their their so-called life or work, right? They actually have no time for really enjoying their life. They don't have time for eating, for fun, for exercising, for sleeping. Then what are we doing? <laughs> and I say, if you get those things in check, like these people that are busy, like, you know, you, these busy professionals are very accomplished in other parts of their life. What they realize is these little changes that we make will impact every other part of their life. They'll be a better employee or boss. They'll be a better mother. They'll be a better, you know, wife or husband. It's, you know, I look at weight loss is the side effect of you learning how to take care of yourself and doing it again in the ways that people can do and that aren't intimidating and that they can live it forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know weight loss is one of your specialties. So let's talk about that a little bit. Because yeah. I think especially after COVID, right, uh, becoming such a problem, people staying at home, less exercise, and no travel, uh, cook or order, take out, eat a lot. And I think there's a lot of need for weight loss right now. But I think a lot of time when we think about weight loss, our first is impression is, oh, I need to cut on, off my food or eat healthier, do do more exercise, but no one ever think about sleep, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's so interesting is like, you know, obviously we could go down the rabbit hole of nutrition and fitness and all of that. But when it comes to sleep, it's so it's almost too easy, obviously easier said than done, which everything is. But when you're when you're sleep deprived, you're like, let's not overcomplicate this. If you're sleep deprived, you're awake more hours to eat right like if you're awake more hours during the day and you start eating and you eat from the time that you wake up till you go to bed obviously not continuously but you have more time to eat so there's that but then if we're sleep deprived and as you know the hormones like the big players in appetite are leptin and ghrelin you know in a in a well rested um you know healthy individual those are those are hormones that are well regulated when you you know you eat your ghrelin goes up and or your leptin goes up and as you start to get hungry your ghrelin kicks in all that whatever we could go down you know we don't need to get all into that but what happens is your appetite increases because you're sleep deprived. And it's not telling you because it needs energy, right? Calories are energy. And just like sleep gives you energy. When you have a well-rested night of sleep, you feel great, right? It's wonderful. But if we're sleep deprived, our bodies are going like, hey, hey, Emily, I need some energy. And if you're not going to give me this sleep that I need, I'm going to start craving food to get that energy. And it's not the lean chicken breasts or the, or the broccoli that you're craving. It's those quick, those, those carbohydrates, those higher calorie foods that are not going to sustain you. They're going to spike you and then crash you. And then you're going to crave more throughout the day. So yes, you can still control it, but it's almost like your body's working against you in a way um, when it comes to the cravings. And then there's the aspect of movement. 
If you're tired from not sleeping as much, guess what? You're not going to be like, I can't wait to go get my workout in, right? And and not even working out, like you're less likely to just move more throughout your day. Your we call that your neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, like you walking to your car, going to the bathroom, just moving throughout your day, that tends to decrease. And a lot of people don't realize what a big impact that has on their total calorie burn throughout the day as well. So there's so many facets of sleep that that really come into play. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I think a lot of people really contribute this to so-called willpower, right? Oh, I'm just not strong enough. I should go exercise. There's really a lot of things we cannot control. Like you mentioned, the hormone change Uh, in the sleep field or the nutrition field. I think we all know if you are sleep deprived, then you get more hangry at night. Yes. And you you crave those unhealthy food, right? (laughs) How do you control your own internal desire for certain flavors. That's so hard. Yes. And what a lot of people don't realize is, so this is a myth I often debunk is eating at night is not going to make somebody fat, like, or gain weight, I should say. But what happens is when you think about, you know, people, the types of food they eat at night, they are the highly processed, they are the high carb, high fat, very processed foods, very devoid of protein. And protein is the macronutrient that makes us stay satisfied. So it's not that eating ice cream or Cheetos at night is a bad thing. It's people tend to overeat them at night because they're very, they send those signals to your brain. Like I want more, I want more, I want, they're very easy to overeat. Whereas if people were just going to control the amount of ice cream or Cheetos or chips or whatever, the types of foods we tend to eat in the evening, you're not going to gain weight. If you control the cow. Now I want them, you know, we always look at the more majority of your diet, we want those nutritious, wholesome foods, because that will help with sleep as well. But you know, it's not that necessarily eating late at night is going to cause you to gain weight. It's the types of foods people eat at night are the foods that are easy or highly palatable, which cause them to just overeat their calories in general. Now we got to make sure for sleep, we don't eat too close to bedtime, right? For acid reflux, all of that. But there's nothing wrong with, you know, people, the whole eating after dark or 7pm, you know, it'll turn into fat. And it's like, One of my favorite things to explain to people is if you were to eat a donut at 9 a.m., which is fine, a couple hundred calories, we could make that work for anybody. That that donut, let's say it's got 250 calories. Okay. What if you ate that donut at 9, 10 o'clock at night? Does that donut automatically have a thousand calories? No, it has 250 calories, but we just have to make sure that we control how much we eat and we balance it out and it's not too close to bedtime. So yeah, it's, it's just teaching people to have fun with their food and to not, not make such big deals that there's so much information out there. And we just keep it simple. Oh, interesting. So it's about the food itself, the timing, and how much you eat. Yeah. And looking at the the entirety of your day. Again, I don't want you eating donuts all day. But the majority of your food should be those lean protein sources, fruits, vegetables, wholesome foods. But you also need to learn how to eat the donut. You also need to learn how to eat the ice cream because what happens is when people don't, if they do eat that, then they feel bad. They eat 12 donuts instead of one, or they have four cups of ice cream instead of, oh, I blew it already. I might as well keep going mindset. 
And then going back to when, when we have these um, distorted relationships with food and this ultimately causes us to gain weight, as you know, just being overweight or obese, it affects your sleep too. sleep apnea. It's a real thing that a lot of my, my um, patients, uh, clients get rid of just by simply losing weight because they're, they're, they're not obstructing their airway. Right. Definitely. Think about all this fat growing on your body, where it goes, right? Your airway can easier to, to get cr- uh, crashed. Yeah. yeah. So um, the at night, you know, I get a lot of patients asking me if they cannot sleep well. They want to know, is there any food that they can consider to eat uh, closer to bedtime? Because I think there are a lot of myths out there. We always say a, a cup of hot milk should do it. But we all know for people with real insomnia, now doesn't work. But still, people want to know, right? Mentally, I need something to comfort me to know this is going to be helpful. Yeah. I mean, so that I would say it's probably more along the lines of the, I'm not a big advocate of saying you can't eat any food. I always say that if, if you like a food, we want to teach you how to eat it in a way that you can maintain your health and still enjoy that food. However, like caffeine, like it, it, like my mother cannot have caffeine past 11 a.m. or she's going to be up at night. Right. So like there's some things that like as far as foods go, like chocolate that that I might say, you know, maybe we need to avoid. We need to look at how that impacts you. But taking the food out of that, I'd say, you know what, besides that, sure, drink your warm milk or whatever. But how do you have a bedtime routine? Is your bedroom dark? Are you, you know, um, doing those relaxing techniques before you go to bed? Um, Are you not eating a heavy meal before you go? Like, let's look at some of the behaviors around your sleep that not necessarily the food. Once we kind of make sure the caffeine isn't an issue, you know, it's and I'd love to actually hear your thoughts on this is like as a child. You know, when you have a baby, if that child goes to bed at the same time every day, regardless of if it's a, a Saturday or a Tuesday, but us adults get out of that routine, I don't just getting into more of a, like sleep hygiene, a, a bedtime routine. That's I'd say that's probably more of the issue and, you know, setting your environment up for sleep success, actually. Yeah, I think that's possibly along the line of like bad sleep association or something sleep association, possibly stronger with this brain effect more than the food itself, right? If someone, they think, well, by drinking a hot milk, help me signal my brain, this is bad time, I'm going to sleep very soon, then that's possibly going to become a very nice part of the nighttime routine. After milk, I can do some relaxation exercise, and then I start feeling very welcoming to my bed, right? I'm comfortable, all those. I think that's possibly more important. Yeah, and if there's a placebo effect with the warm milk, like, cool, like, rock on, do it. But I think another thing with what I do, too, is people don't understand when you're well-rested and you, you move more throughout your day, just moving more is going to make you more tired at night. And then when you eat a more balanced diet, you know, getting a, you know, your proteins, your fats and not, not stressing out about being too rigid, but when you learn how to eat a more balanced diet, you move a little bit more, you learn how to manage your stress. Now stress isn't keeping you up at night. You're not stress eating, which is a thing. And it's all going to, it's all connected. It's all, it all works together and, and they play a role. So yeah, again, looking at all of those pieces is important. Right. I really like that point you just mentioned about the movement, actually, too, um, because there are multiple aspects of that. I think it's very important. First, I feel like if you sleep 
well and eat well, we do have more energies, right? A lot of time we don't think energy is related to food. We directly think, oh, if I'm tired, I must slept poorly last night. Not necessarily. I think nutrition or the other things definitely play a role into our energy level. But on the other hand, even during daytime, even during daytime, when I treat patients with insomnia, they feel fatigued in the afternoon or even sleepy during the afternoon. A lot of people, they choose to trust that signal as something I have to relax right now, right? But when we treat them, we actually encourage them to move around the two. So when you feel sleepy in the afternoon, don't just lay down or rest. You actually should move more. That way, actually, you're going to be less tired, possibly generate more energy, and then help you sleep better that night. Yes. I say it's going to be the last thing you want to do when you're tired. But if you just, and, and it doesn't need to be some high intensity interval, anything. It's go for a walk, you know, but moving your body will actually give you more energy. And then, yeah, then it'll help you get into more of that sleep routine of getting into bed at, you know, normal time. And yeah, I... It's super important. I love that you just brought that up. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like what you mentioned exactly to help me think about that's why these three things are the three pillars of health, right? Yeah. Exercise, yeah. nutrition, sleep. Yeah. They are all so important. As we can see, they really impact each other to really play together. Yep. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I know I have a lot of things after my name, but even the mind body, like the meditation aspect, like I, I love teaching people, you know, some meditation things to do at night. Like there's even nights where I'll do it if I can't fall asleep, but you know, like those guided meditations, there's, we have so many tools available to us. We just have to use them, challenge ourselves a little bit and get into that routine. And I think our society, it really kind of breaks my heart, but I don't think people know what it feels like to actually feel good. You know what I mean? They're so used to going like sleep deprived. They're, they're not eating correctly, even though we are one of the most obese countries, right? We're some of, we're like the most malnourished because we just don't know how to eat. Right. So it's like, but until they do these little tweaks, again, nothing drastic because that's not sustainable. When we get these people starting to feel good, they're no longer doing these things to lose weight. They're no longer doing these things for the reason they necessarily come to me. They don't want to go back to how they ate or how they lived before simply because of how good they feel. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that I don't need an afternoon nap. I have all this energy now that I'm well rested and I'm feeding my body correctly. And I have these ways to manage my stress. It's, you know, when I say let weight loss be the side effect, you know, it yeah, let it be the side effect of you just learning how to take care of yourself and let the pieces fall into place. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like the side effects analogy. That reminded me when we help, like I'm a psychologist, when we help people to pursue happiness, right? Where they don't just set happiness as a goal. It should be a side effect. Yeah. Pursuing meaningful moments day to day you know flow this kind of moment and <laughs> the happiness gonna come along the way yes oh i i love that and it's think about people who are well rested they're a lot more fun to be around than people, people who aren't <laughs> yeah that's totally very positive flow of energy for you for everyone in your household right for people around you 
Yeah, that's awesome. Then let's think about you mentioned eating at night and overeat can be harmful. But you know, it's hard for us to control it sometimes, right? First, if you don't sleep well, you are hungry naturally. And also psychologically, uh, we have something like like stress eating. People, some people use that as a coping strategy. May not even be late night. They just tend to overeat when they're stressed out or anxious. Then how to what what do you do to help people really be cautious about that, catch themselves? There's a few things. Obviously, it's not for most people. It's a process of learning new behaviors to cope with their stress. Than just like don't eat. You know, it's like okay, you know, like it, it's not going to work. Whereas we need to find a different outlet for that stress. So we need to work on the stress management. But one, one of my favorite little tips, and it was from a coach that I even worked with, but he taught me it's called the 20 minute rule. And it's we all know when we're about to do the behavior that we know we're possibly going to regret, or that is not going to help us reach our goal, right? And I always say this, I do what I do out of my own experiences too. Like I'm somebody who struggled with weight and all of this. And so I I love helping people because I've been there, done that. And I used to remember this 20 minute rule. What I would have to do is, well, what it is, is you need to distract yourself for 20 minutes. Okay. You need to recognize what you're about to do and say, Emily, okay, you can have that food. First of all, it's never saying you can't because as soon as you say you can't, it's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant, right? You're going to be, all you're going to want is that food and you're going to be mad that you can't eat it. And it's just not a good situation. So we say, I can eat that food in 20 minutes. Now, the reason why 20 minutes is so powerful because it takes 10 to 20 minutes for a craving to pass. We're just in that moment. We need to change our state, right? So I can eat that food in 20 minutes. Now your job, my job, everybody's job is to go do something for 20 minutes. I used to have to not even be in my environment. I used to get in my car and drive around and listen to music or go to Target. I'm I'm surprised I didn't you know, lose all my money by shopping. But I just knew I couldn't be in my house. Some people like to meditate. They like to do adult coloring books, call a friend, go for a walk, pluck your eyebrows, paint your fingernails. I don't care. Just do something besides going into that behavior because there's a few things that will happen. You're going to get out of that state and you might just count down, you know, 1929, 20 minutes or 1959, 20 and go eat the thing anyway. But you're going to be in a much more calm state of mind. You're not going to just react. We want you to respond, not react. And you'll be, you'll go and enjoy. Let's just use the potato chips or Cheetos as an example. You'll go eat them, but probably going to be in a better mind space and not eat as much. Or best case scenario is for you to go like, this was me feeding my emotions, not my physical hunger. I don't even need the Cheetos. Maybe I just need to go to bed, Right. And so there, that, that 20 minute rule and getting you to kind of get out of that, that reacting phase and, and be able to make a, you know, a more conscious decision. How is this going to affect me? My goals, how is it going to make me feel all of that? But I also think we'd be ignorant to not discuss, you know, people like to eat at night and, and it's, it's usually after a long, stressful day. I like to teach people to, you know, because if they're wanting to lose weight or even maintain your weight, it's it's calories. Now it's more in depth than that, but calories are number one when it comes to maintaining or losing weight, right? So let's just say, you know yourself and like me, I like to have a treat every night before I go to bed. 
every day I'm just going to assume I'm going to spend, I like to think of it like your bank account. I'm going to spend 200, 300 calories on potato chips at night. Now my job is to make sure I stick to that, that I don't overspend or go into your banking account analogy, that I don't go into debt on my calories, but I can still enjoy those, but I'm going to do it in a way that is enjoyable. I'm going to be present with the food. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to overeat on my calories. I'm going to look at the rest of my day How am I eating? You know, am I getting my nutrition in? But again, we need to learn how to eat those foods that we maybe have labeled as bad. There's no such thing as bad food. Some food is just more nutritious than others. And so we work on um, fixing that relationship with food as well. But if you have your allocated amount of, you know, potato chips or whatever at night, you don't overeat it you'll still reach your goals no matter what time of day it is. And then then we fix that relationship with food as well. So then we don't necessarily feel the need to overeat them if we just learn how to manage our portions, if that makes sense. Does that, I don't know. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but. Yeah, but I, I like it. I think there are some really important key points you just mentioned, right? First is 20 minutes, like short break. Let the urge pass. Very similarly, I think to to us, when we treat people with emotional outbursts, we help people understand, you know, your emotions won't pass 15 minutes. It won't stay at the highest point for more than 15 minutes. So just, you know, ride with it like a wave. It's going to go up and down. So give it some time. I feel like it's very similarly, right? Your urge for food will be like that too, going to go up and down. So how to give yourself purposely set those time breaks. And then I like what you mentioned you do for yourself is to change the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So even the simplest one, walk out of that room, that table with the food on. Don't sit in your kitchen kitchen and look at your fridge and think I got to wait 20 minutes. Like it'll drive anybody crazy. Like like the the marshmallow experiment for children. Marshmallows in front of you or one in front of you. Do you eat it or not eat it? (laughs) That's so hard. It's so basic once you think of it, but we, I know, but it, it works. And like I said, in the beginning, it's a little bit more difficult because it's habits We're all we're doing is behavior changing um, and doing it in a way that is, you know, easy. And, and then as we progress, I always tell my clients, I'm like, send me a text message or an email when you do this and you feel happy and proud about it. Let's celebrate that, that achievement. And then it gets easier. And then it gets easier. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. Yeah. And then the smaller portion part, I think is important too, right? I think that totally can be planned. For me, for example, when I buy, I like sticks. I like to cook stick. Um, when I buy those sticks from Costco, they are so huge. <laughs> <laughs> and if I if I cook them all, I possibly would push myself to eat them all, right? <laughs> They're delicious. So I try to separate them to reasonable portion. Yeah. Store. So every time I cook, I only cook a smaller portion. Every time I cook, I feel like, oh, this is so, so not much food. It's too thick for me. I'm also going to be hungry. But every time after cook and I eat it, I always feel like, oh, that's exactly the right amount. That makes me very comfortable, actually. And I always tell, like, there's so many things running through my brain that I work on with my clients. First of all, it's not what, it's how much, right? When people say, Emily, can I eat this? I'm like, yes. And then I'll say, how much? And what does the rest of your day look like, right? And then like eating till you're satisfied, not stuffed. 
right? Like I always say like, you should be able to go for a walk when you're done eating, not like, huh, I need to, I need to rest for, you know, a half hour to let my belly digest. But there is also a way to eat so that you feel more satisfied. If you start each meal with a protein source, right? You know, like, and obviously vegetarians can still do this. But when you start your meal with your protein source, proteins take about three to four hours to digest in our body, they're going to be more satisfying. Typically, we like, you know, like a smaller female 30 grams between 30, 30, 40, 50 grams, depending on the size of the individual. If you start your meal with your protein source, and then you turn to like a vegetable or a fruit like your produce, and then I say, then play, like then add your car- carbs are not bad, but they're just carbohydrates tend to go right through us. They don't satisfy us. Why can we sit and eat a bag of pretzels and chips and then be like, what's next? Right. It's because it kind of, it, it, they don't, they digest very fast compared to the protein sources. So if you start each meal with a protein source and then pair it with your carbs and other things, you're more likely to stay more satiated. And then of course the volume eating thing, you know, playing around with the vegetables make, you know, you can. You know, you know, everybody's seen the 100 calories of broccoli versus 100 calories of ice cream, you know, so there's ways to do things. But yeah, it's very important to not just look at calories, but to where, where are they coming from and how do we put a meal together and just keep it very basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love your philosophy. I think that make that would make a lot of things easier to follow. Like, especially what you mentioned, it's not about what you eat. Yes. It's how much. Yes, it's how much and what does the rest of your day look like? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I think that uh, hopefully help a lot of audience to look at the food, their relationship with food in a very different way and help people understand, you know, if you want to lose weight and be healthy, sleep, eating, move around are all very important components. Yeah, yeah. And they don't need to be overwhelming. None of them. Yep. Right, right. So um, if there's one or two things, you know, our audience can start trying after listening to this and they really want to make change to their healthy lifestyle, uh, what is the first step you want to recommend people trying? I recommend them just, first of all, like taking it and looking at, you know, how they eat. Most people are eating out of balance. Um, so just what I was just talking about, when you're, when you're putting a meal together, start with that protein source, have a fruit or vegetable with every meal, and then, and then play after that. Um, and when I say play, I mean, then there's your bread or your rolls or your piece of cake or your, you know what I mean? Like, because that's going to keep you feeling much more satiated. But in the same breath, too, I would just say to give yourself grace. I would say, you know, work on one thing at a time. And then once you feel comfortable with that habit, such as maybe drinking a glass of water with each meal and make it almost, I'm a big advocate of making your goals almost laughable, meaning too easy to not to accomplish. Because going back to that motivation thing, motivation lasts a hot second. It it more along the lines, like I'm not a big fan of that word. I like determination, doing the thing that you know you need to do even when you don't want to. But like doing that, but making sure like your goals and then you celebrate that and you feel good and we get you confident and, you know, the, okay, now that we got water with each meal, now let's start with adding some vegetables at each meal. Okay, now that we have that, let's set a bedtime like every night you start getting ready for bed at nine o'clock so that you're ready for bed by 10 and you know, we can start working on your sleep high. Okay, once we get that down, let's work on that. So 
just looking at your overall lifestyle, not overcomplicating it, work on one thing at a time, make it almost too easy to fail at. And then once you once you accomplish that, then then stack um, on top of those. But yeah, once you get one thing going, it's amazing how the snowball affects in the other direction. So and I people don't realize how good they'll feel once they just start um, doing some of these little things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. And uh, even my myself, my own personal story is too. I start feeling tired years ago when I see patients in the afternoon, uh, but I sleep overly, uh, overall, like I sleep very well. Right. So I try to figure out what's going on. Then eventually I change my diet, start working on nutrition a little bit, and then I just feel like more energetic. So I totally can evidence that. Mm-hmm. Just it sounds like lifestyle change can be very individualized too. There's no like a one step fits all. Like look through your own life. See what is one thing you want to start trying to make some adjustment, right? One thing at a time. And if you need help, hire a professional like Emily to help you out, right? When I change my diet, I definitely paid for a professional service. Yeah, myself too. I think it's well worth it. Oh, I always have coaches and things like that too. It's like, cause you always want to be learning and growing. But what I tell people too, is it's like, I don't foods that or diets that have labels, keto, paleo. Um, how about you just learn how to eat one day? If you want to have a higher fat day, because you want to like, and you, like you were eating out at a fine, but, and then the next day, maybe you have a lower carb day with more, don't there's too many rules you need to create the emily diet or the sally diet or the tom diet you know and it's just learning how to how to eat all foods and yeah it's some some of the messaging out there can get very confusing and it doesn't need to be at all yeah yeah i i talk to multiple dietitians nutritionists they all have similar opinions as you don't just follow a common trend out there right no like really find what works for you, which benefits myself a lot. Right now, I kind of know when I choose between food, I have a, a little bit idea. I still need to learn more, but I have some ideas what I can like choose today. What I have a better idea, what's going to make me feel better. Sometimes I know certain things, if I, I eat and drink, I definitely going to feel tired later. Sometimes I have to raise it. Makes you think about it before you do the thing. It makes you think, hey, is, is it worth it? And some days it is, and some days it's not. But yeah. 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 It's a very empowering experience, I would say, right? Because you make the choice for yourself and you kind of know what comes with it. Hundred percent. Yep. And I think too, is it's, um, it's really important too to, you know, just make sure that you heal that relationship with food, because then, you know, if we eliminate, because what I find too, is a lot of people going back to like, your weekend warriors, they'll be good Monday through Friday, and then the weekends come and simply those higher calorie days and those days of sleeping, you know, their sleep gets off track that's why people hate Mondays. I love Mondays. Like, you know what I mean? Because I don't, we take, we know how to take care of ourselves. And it's just, there's so many different things, but, and it's also why I don't believe in meal plans. You know, it's like, it's like giving you an answer to a test. Like you'll eat the meal plan, but you're like, but I have pizza every Friday night with my family and I don't know how to do that. You know? And so once I'm done working with so-and-so, like I'm going to, I don't know how to incorporate my Friday night pizza night, you know? So creating the plan for you and and your family and your lifestyle and yeah 
Yeah, awesome. Emily, I love what you mentioned. I hope I I think many of my audience possibly love that too. So if anyone want to seek your professional help, either for losing weight or just be healthier overall, how can they find you? Yeah. So my website is emilyspicercoaching.com or a lot of people reach out to me um, via Instagram, which is just at emilyspicercoaching. Um, but if you go to my website, there's a form there that you can fill out and, and I'll get an email and you can set up a time to, it's totally free to chat with me to see if, you know, we'd be a good fit and if I can help you. So yeah. And, and let them, if they do reach out, tell them um, if they, that they came from the podcast and we'll, we'll see if we can give them a little bit of a deal. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. hopefully all the audience who are whoever are listening, right, take good advantage of this great service. Yeah. Thank you. It's been an honor. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You can find all the information about Emily on my website at deepintosleep.co. I will also invite her to join me doing some live broadcast on different social media platforms. Stay tuned. If you are looking for an evidence-based treatment for insomnia or to help you optimize your sleep overall, I would recommend CBT for insomnia this method. It's super effective and has a lot of clinical evidence behind it. So if you feel tired during the day, if you cannot fall asleep, cannot stay asleep, you wake up too early, you cannot function during the day, you get distracted often, you want to improve your sleep quality and your work productivity, you can all consider this method. You can find a local provider who can provide that, or you can check out my CBTI course in both English and Chinese. The website is deepintosleep.co forward slash courses. I'm Dr. Yishan. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.